0: For the haters, come on to it now or later. Whoa, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It don't matter what your name is, share your story. We'll be waiting Whoa, uh, uh. Yeah. for the All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to For the Haters
1: Podcast. Uh, Today we have a special guest. We have Melissa, who happens to be Devin's mom as well. Uh, Just to go around the room to introduce everybody, to let you guys know who is here. Uh, We have Laura, who is our writer. Uh, We have Devin, who is our editor. And then we have Melissa as well, and then myself. Um, We are going to be talking about Melissa's son, Derek. Uh, He is not with us, but we'll kind of get into that and explain a little bit more um, if you guys haven't already, please go check out the YouTube channel. We just uploaded last night our video that correlates with, um, with this episode, so definitely go check that out. Uh, so, Melissa, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> welcome to the chaos of everything. <laughs> if you can, just give us a brief overview of Derek and, you know, his condition.
2: Okay. Derek was um, born full term. We noticed while we were in the hospital that he was having some swallowing issues. They had to deep throat syringe him to bring him back. He was um, turning blue. That happened about three times before we left the hospital. He failed the hearing test before we went home, which is um, an indication of neurological difficulties. Um, When we got him home three weeks later, we realized that he was having um, seizures with his eyes. His eyes were just flutter and apparently that's um, a type of seizure. His head was always tilted to the right. He was very low muscle tone. And those are all indications um, you know, that there is a neurological problem. My mom happens to be a pediatric nurse practitioner, so she was on that. You know, She's like, no, there's something definitely wrong. We need to go um, get him checked out. So we went to a neurologist right away. They ordered an MRI. And that's when we found out that Derek was born without the corpus callosum, which is the bridge of your brain. At this
3: point, you know, you've realized something is wrong, and you have two other children, so you know, you know, the difference and how they're starting to to develop. What do you do? What's next? What, you know, what was your next step there?
2: Once we got the diagnosis, um, we were informed that they have something called early intervention. Early intervention is um, you have therapists come to your home. So we had a speech therapist, a physical therapist, and an occupational therapist each twice a week to help us with Derek. Um, The speech therapist at that point was more or less like feeding and swallowing. Um, The physical therapist was, you know, he was so little, just having him move and exercise. And the occupational therapist, same thing. You know, she would just um, move him and make sure that he was getting enough exercise to maintaining the muscle tone.
3: So how was it that you knew who to talk to? And what were these doctors' responses to everything? Was there treatment? Were you aware of any research that had been done? You know, what was the conversation at that point in time?
2: Um, At first, we were lost, completely lost. Um, Not a clue what agenesis of the corpus callosum meant what it meant for our family or going forward or what we had to do um but thankfully like i said my mom is a pediatric nurse practitioner she sent us to a neurologist right away the neurologist's reaction to this diagnosis um probably was the worst thing i've ever heard in my entire life he had said that derek would basically be a vegetable. He would never walk. He would never talk. He would never, um, eat on his own. And, um, they were unsure of his life expectancy.
1: Wow. That's got to be so hard. I mean, for anyone to hear, especially as a, as a parent, um, you know, how, how was it that you took it? Like, did you, did you accept that as an answer or did you question, did you go to another doctor? Did you, you know, go other, go down other paths?
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm not one to take that and uh, just accept it. So, um, as all my children know, I push. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, you just go. go Devin and, and uh, can attest to that firsthand. <laughs> um, so this was just an example of that. You know, you tell me that he can't, and I'm going to tell you he can. So we got early intervention. They came to the house. We had therapies. We, um, my husband and I would... You know go through the stages of crawling you know to get Derek to crawl he had his arms I had his legs we would do the motions every day for a half an hour until he actually did the motions on his own so every behavior with a genesis of the corpus callosum is a learned behavior with Derek you know that's how we figured out um, how to get him where he was everything with him was routine everything that we wanted him to do we had to do on a daily basis until he did it on his own and you can't stop doing that because he will forget you know he'll move on from that and move you know move forward but he'll also forget so everything was very repetitive
1: so so how did it how did it progress you know um you know what ages did he start learning stuff because I know that there were times that he you know he learned speak, uh he learned speech he learned how to walk um he could do things on his own um, you know, what were the ages that those things
0: started coming to him?
2: Everything was very delayed, so... I feel
0: like he was, like, um, five years behind. Yeah.
2: I would say that's pretty on target.
0: About five years.
2: Yeah. He learned to... He was potty trained at five. Uh, he was still on formula until he was almost two and a half. Um, so two and a half was off the formula, which is pretty much a year and a half behind a typical child. Five-year-old potty training... Um, he didn't sit up until he was about a year. He didn't walk until he was about two. So it's, um, yeah, I would say a good five years.
1: When, when did the speech come?
2: We didn't know that he was going to be verbal. He was very, you know, when two year olds do that, "Eh, eh, eh," that kind of whining, uh, he did that for quite a while. So we started signing. So he would, he was, um, he did signing,
3: you actually learned sign
2: language. Yes. Really. Yes. So does Derek currently
3: know sign language?
2: He used to. He used well, to. Well, I, mean, I, yeah.
3: yeah, I guess that was not the right. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's up very, until fourteen.
2: Yes. Did he? Okay. Yes. Interesting. And, okay. And he would throw it out there. As he got older, he would throw it. He would use some signs when he got angry. Like if he really? got frustrated and didn't get yeah. what he wanted, That's funny. Actually. He would throw out a sign, and we're just like, "Use your words. You <laughs> talk. <laughs> you
0: know."
2: Um, use your words yeah so we didn't know that he was going to talk so we did start with something it's total communication he would see the word sign the word and we would vocalize the word so he could hear it um so he didn't start talking I want to say four like your typical baby toddler words
1: was probably around
2: four years old I don't
1: really know kids all that well, so, like, I think like, I, don't like, know, I don't know what, I don't know. I said
3: my first word at, like,
2: nine months old,
3: according okay. to like my mother.
1: Overachiever. Yeah. Ba-ba. Not overachiever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And everything was, like, you couldn't understand what he was saying. It was, like, mumbled.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the, what are some of the activities that Derek liked to do
0: growing up? He was a big video gamer. He loved oh, the Wii. Really? He would play uh, Mario <laughs> Baseball, and he would play, actually, as both teams, which was crazy. He would, like, pitch and then hit with the other one. <laughs> so he crazy. would, like, have both in his hand? And yeah. Yes. yeah.
2: He's the overachiever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he actually picked his own teams, and he knew, like, which one was going to win. When you set up your own team on the Wii, mm-hmm. you could pick, well, you could make a better team than the other, and you yeah. could do that.
1: So that he could win he would yeah. win on one, he would play for hours, he was,
2: but he was unbeatable,
1: yeah, <laughs> he was yeah.
3: the reigning champ. Uh-huh. yep
1: um, so and we know that he would participated in Special Olympics as well
2: he did, yep, he ran track and field, um, and he did the basketball, basketball was awesome, um. My second son Kyle played basketball, so Derek would go into his room and take his basketball, his high school <laughs> basketball uniform, and his shoes, and he would have to wear them to the Special Olympic event.
0: Uh-huh, that's awesome, yeah.
2: So he, um, but he did, he dribbled, he jumped over cones, um, free throws, layups, he just, yeah, Mm-hmm. Just got his own rebound,
1: kind
2: of put it back up, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so so I know that there was a huge like turning point in in your guys' life and Derek's life. Um, Melissa, you want to touch on on that that big, you know, life change for you guys.
2: Yeah, it was hard. Um, Derek was like we said, he was full functioning at this point. He fed himself. He would make himself his own simple meals, you know, like the microwave mac and cheese or oatmeal is his favorite. It's he would he would make that yeah. in the microwave. And he would know how to set the timer, he would, you know, get his own drink, he would go to the bathroom by himself, non, no help, I don't have to tell him anything, he would just get up, go to the bathroom, um, not to be like, mom, but he would wipe himself. Oh, everything, yeah, yeah absolutely, everything. It's a normal human yeah. function. Yeah. 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 yeah, tie his shoes. The only thing, he would shower himself, but we had to make sure that the water temperature was... Good before he got in because he still had that very high pain tolerance throughout everything. Like can that you, never went away. So can you expand on that a little bit? Because yeah, bit. yeah, okay, of yeah. course. His okay, yeah, um, he had very high pain tolerance. So any type of heat or cold or um, you know, if he hurt himself, you know, if a typical kid if they you know cracked their head into the wall and needed stitches, they'd be crying. Or you know, he did that and nothing
0: I actually remember this one time when I was really young I think I was like maybe seven or eight and we went to the doctors and Derek had to get a shot and I was sitting there and I watched him get a shot and he didn't even flinch and I was like I sat there I was like (laughs) what and as a child, yeah. Too, like, I was, like as a kid yeah. like shots are like the worst thing ever yeah. <laughs> and I just saw him like not even flinch after getting a shot and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I mean that's
3: the, the, the dangerous part of it though is that kids are already innately fearless. So if you take a fearless child and you also make him painless, you know, what was that like to have to worry about that in addition
2: to everything else? It was it was rough. When he was oh my gosh. When he started walking, so it was about two years old, two to three years old, we actually had a soft helmet he had to wear constantly, because he was, he was very um, uneasy on his feet, so he would just fall over and, you know, just crack his head, or, you know, it was dangerous. So he had a soft, ungodly-looking helmet <laughs> that he had to wear, <laughs> probably for the first year that he walked. Yeah. It was, uh, I still have it. It's terrible. <laughs> It was, like, navy blue with red in the inside. It was patriotic. Yeah, chin (laughs) strap, yeah. Uh Um, But, yeah, things like that. It was, um, we always had to be very careful of what he did, or even now. You know, he's still, I'll be cooking, and he'll kind of hover over me over the stove and not know that there's, like, steam coming from a pot. You know, he'll just, it's scary.
1: Yeah. Um. Just to just to bring us back. So 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 now he's he's thirteen, fourteen years old, and then, you know, he came home from school, right, and and everything just changed.
2: Yep. In a matter of I would say six weeks, and then um, came home from school, had a headache, which, as I explained, his his pain tolerance is incredible. He's never complained of a headache, so you knew it was ten times worse than a typical headache. Um. So we took him right to the emergency room in town. Uh, They could find nothing other than his regular diagnosis of agenesis of the corpus callosum. So they sent us home, and things started to slowly progress from there, or degress from there. He started um, getting agitated. He wouldn't speak as much. He was kind of like in a blank stare, you
0: know? Like no one was home.
2: yeah. It really was. Like, he was just, he wouldn't feed himself anymore. He just kind of stared at his food. And did that happen, like, immediately
3: following the headache? Or did you notice that maybe a few days to a couple weeks after? You no, know, it like... was a
2: couple weeks. Okay. Yeah, it okay. was a couple weeks. I, I mean, when I say, I mean, for us, it was probably, like, the quickest digression. Since mm. we worked so hard for 14 years to get where we were, to lose all of that in a matter of, I would say, it's probably six months. Okay, mm-hmm. but the but the hard hit was the first six weeks, where he wasn't talking anymore. He wasn't feeding himself. He was having accidents. You know, you even the school would call and say, what's, you know something's up with Derek?" We're like, "We know, we we don't know what's going on." Um, at one point, I don't know after we exhausted Chop and all of the doctors and all of his regular doctors. There's always puberty.
0: That's what I always thought. I thought it was puberty. It's right around that age, fourteen years old. I mean, that's what think I thought. About that's statistical... what I still think. And it was puberty, and it's just like all the chemicals in your brain going back and forth. Did
3: either of you bring that to any of the doctor's attention? Like, did anybody say, like, hey, you know, he's you know prepubescent or pubescent? Like, can you look into this? Like, does this have any effect on on his regression?
2: Yes, I think. And this is just my opinion. Um, You know, when you go to chop, they don't want to hear it's just puberty, or you know, they don't want to hear the parents say, "We figured it out." They're prideful. Yes, they wanted to take more blood. They wanted to do more samples, bring them back for more tests, and interview us and interview us and. I think we just kind of accepted the fact that, um, nobody really knew what was going to happen next or what to, they didn't know where to go from there.
1: And, And I know we, um, we touched on this in the, in the video prior, but to just touch on it briefly, the, um, diagnosis itself is very hard to understand in general. There's no research on it. There's no you know, timeline of anything, every single person is different. Mm-hmm. Every single
0: different. child,
1: every single adult has different symptoms to different, um, you know, ages to, to everything. Is that, is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, um, I met a 14 year old girl who was a gymnast. She hit her head. They did an MRI and noticed that she was missing her corpus callosum. Typical child went on to live a typical life. Without her corpus callosum. Then there's children who are like how the initial doctor described Derek was going to be. You know, in a wheelchair with a feeding tube, not knowing what the life expectancy is. So the range of this diagnosis is so huge. And the other diagnosis that go along with it. Like every child that has a genesis of the corpus callosum usually has another Symptom or another um, disorder. It's not just one thing. Like Derek's. OCD. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes.
3: is, that a, is
2: that a common. <laughs> oh god.
0: He is, is like. It's a common like, accompaniment of.
3: of uh, I don't
0: know if it's common, but he. Well, he, I mean, he used to have it like bad. Like really bad. Really? Like, OCD. Like, like give us an like, example like, of So for, an ex- for example, like you would give him uh, like a yogurt. Okay. If you peel the top off, there's still like a, a sliver left on the plastic. He would need it if the sliver was there. Still, you had just the the topping had to be completely off. Interesting. The plastic.
2: Yeah. Okay. If he got a drop of water on his shirt, he had to change his shirt. Uh yeah. His favorite thing—he just always had to have his favorite sport necklaces on, his watch. He, you know, his OCD was insane. Insane. Yeah. It was everything had to be just
1: so. Um, so, so now, you know, um from the age of fourteen on you know Derek's almost nineteen now mm-hmm. um what what is life like for Derek now? just so that people can get an understanding of the change that had to be made, um the alterations to the way the structure of your family is, the the you know the way you handle um Derek himself, uh, schooling, you know everything that's involved he
2: is 100% dependent on us. He will have an accident if we don't put him in the bathroom when we feel that it's time for him to go to the bathroom. He won't drink. He won't eat. So we have to feed him. We have to um, make sure that he drinks. So a typical day is um, uh, I wake him up for school. I get him dressed. I bring him downstairs. He will, the only thing he will do is feed himself oatmeal. Anything else, he won't do.
3: Which is interesting, because isn't that what he used to make... That was his favorite. Yes, he would, yeah, it was his, his favorite.
2: So the only thing that he will feed himself is oatmeal. And you can't be sitting with him. It can't be any TV. can't be any interruptions. You have to just put him in front of the bowl, and he'll eat it eventually. You know, he just kind of just does it. Um, so I, I live for that, because it's fun to watch him, you know, just do something for himself. It's pretty much the only thing. Um... We give him a drink, I get him up, I put him on the toilet, I brush his teeth, I clean his face, Um, and then he goes off to school. He's gone from, you know, the bus comes at 7.30 in the morning and he's back at 4. The school that he goes to is um, awesome. He has a one-on-one aid because he can't, you know, can't do anything for himself. It's um, pretty much just to get him out of the house. You know, I mean, does he get speech and, and occupational therapy and... Physical therapy there, yes, but this is a new school from the school that Derek used to go to when he was, um, before his relapse. We call it a relapse. Yeah, absolutely, it's a regression. We don't know what else to call it. Um, So the school that he was in only went up to 8th grade, and he was graduating from that school, and there was, so... The new school that we brought him into has no idea what Derek's capable of or where he was. How long has he been there for? This is his third year. He's a senior. Yes. So his freshman year, we had enrolled him in um, a school in, uh, it was a more functioning school. He would have his own locker. He could be on the basketball team. Um, When I called them and, and let them know what was going on, they said that they had a more, a less active classroom that they could put him in. Um that was a terrible, terrible experience for all of us. Uh-oh. He Why? they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into, I think. He um the teacher actually at one point told me that he was being defiant and not answering him. And I was just that I think that was the last day he went to school there. Hmm. You know, he's nonverbal. To send your child off to these schools not knowing. What's really going on? It's it's a scary thing. It really yeah. is. But I have to do it.
1: Um. So what happens next year? Does he graduate this year? Does he? No. He can stay at this school until he's twenty-one.
2: Okay. So, um, which is fine. They do have a, like a work study program for the more functioning kids. Or even if I wanted to send Derek out into the society and do like, but I I, I can't. I won't do it. He's he's nonverbal. Mm-hmm. The world is a really really mean place. Yeah, and he doesn't communicate, so I would never know anything that was going on, and I'm just not going to. I can't do it. So he'll stay at the school uh, with his one on one aide, who's wonderful. She, um, her, and I communicate all the time. She has she's a mom of a special needs child, also. Wow. So that helps.
1: Is the school far from? Is
0: it local?
2: No. It's forty five minutes from here. Oh wow! Yeah, it's the best option for him. We explored every option. They don't have anything for for him around here. It is. Is
0: Where is it located in Jersey? Yeah.
2: Okay, Raritan Valley
1: Community College. I don't even know. Hunterdon
2: County. Oh okay. Hunterdon (laughs) County. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Does is there a lot of is it you know just the school predominantly for like special cases? Is it functioning children there as well?
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's, um, it's a very low-key school that has um, children that are more functioning than Derek and also children that are less functioning. So it's, it's a well-rounded school for everybody with special needs.
0: Um, what was the name of the school?
2: Midland? It's for people, yeah. Midland School in uh, Raritan Valley. It's a very good school. The, there is, I mean, the school that he was going to go to in, in Madison, ECLC, was a good school. I mean, they have a great program. It's just not a school that Derek Wood was driving in.
0: Driving
2: thriving in. And yeah. uh, what driving. do you mean by that, though?
3: <laughs> like, th- not thriving in what way, exactly?
2: Uh, he he was just kind of, like, in a corner. You know, they weren't really um, seeing what was going on. They didn't, I don't think that, like I said, I she... The teacher actually thought he was being defiant. Oh, this is the same school? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. So you yeah, had already no. taken him to yes. school in
3: medicine? Okay, I understand.
2: Yeah. yeah. He was there for almost a full year. That was, and, um, but it's just, like, you, you just don't know. How can you? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he right. can report back to you. So I mean, Right. You're, but that's yeah. what I, but that is the one thing that I have learned over the years, that really no one, if you're not going to do it, and you're not going to be their voice. Then no one's going to be. They're just going to kind of skate through life. And who knows if I if we didn't do what we did as a family, Derek could be in a wheelchair with a feeding tube. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It could
3: be that all the work that you put in for the first fourteen years, you know, uh, almost scaled the regression. It it could be so much worse right now if it wasn't for what you had done right. earlier on in his life.
2: Yeah, you just you can't give up. And I, being the person that I was, was not taking that for an answer.
3: What is it like for you, though, as a person? And I say that, you know, you you mentioned that you're a mother, first and foremost. You know, I don't have a child, but I would imagine that if and when I do, they're my priority. At the end of the day, though, you are still a person having to deal with this. Like, what is that like for you? I I don't know how to answer that, really.
1: And it's it's cool. interesting it's interesting to see, um, I guess from my standpoint, seeing other people have their lives like uprooted, you know, that their life isn't what they always thought it was going to be. And I, I truly believe that that um there's certain people that are made for this situation that like you're in. And if it was other people, other situations if it happened to, I don't I fully don't believe that it would be the way that it is today. And I I think that in general, that there's certain people in this world that are like placed on this earth to do the things that you do um, because not everyone can do them. Um, It's just a testament to the person that you are, um, the mother that you are as well. Even like your children, you could tell. um, And knowing your kids, the little that I do, um, if something happened, to them or someone in their life, they would be those people as well, uh, which, I mean, has to be for you, at like, as a parent, that shows just so much more to your entire family in general. Don't get me wrong.
2: This is, um, I love being a mom. It was, it's like the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Do I go to bed crying? Sometimes. Yeah you know it's hard i think um just recently we had to become Derek's legal guardians because he turned 18. when he turned this is this blew my mind this is my child i had to go to court i had to testify i had an attorney against me yes the state hires an attorney for Derek. that came here they interviewed my family They wanted to make sure that we were going to be the best that we could be for Derek. And I had to essentially (laughs) buy my rights to be Derek's guardian. They made you justify
3: your position in your own son's life. And
2: it is no joke. I was like, oh my God, all right, we'll just go to court and they'll sign a paper. No, Mm -hmm. we were interviewed we had to go in front of a, an attorney, you know, in front, I'm sorry, we had to go in front of a judge. And Derek, Derek was there with us. I got up there, my my husband got up there, and we were, you know, sworn in, and it was a lot of
1: paperwork. Do you, Do you think that's, be there's a reason for that? Like, do you well, think that think there's, people, t- people take advantage of the system?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Is it is it more frustrating for you to have to go through that, or... Knowing that it's saving a child from what possibly could they go back into, um, you you know what I mean? Like
2: yes, yeah. looking at the big picture, I get it.
1: Yeah. but at the same is, time,
2: yeah. I had to fork over a lot of money to own my own child, and it's
1: one yes. more yes. unnecessary. And the money, burden. the mo- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that.
2: just, it's just yeah. it's an unnecessary I could,
3: burden for you. You're already dealing with so much. Why do you now have to deal with legal fees and, you know, I, yeah, I'm surprised to hear that.
2: So just recently um i have come to terms with the fact that i have raised five children four of them are going to get married and possibly have children but live not not even that they're all going to live their own lives on their own without me you know holding their hand and then there's Derek who i will forever put on the toilet, get up, feed him, do his laundry, dress him, clean him, bathe him, brush his teeth, take him to every doctor. So that, um, that was rough. That was really hard to swallow.
3: It's like a, a, you know, not to be insensitive, but it's it's a life sentence for you. You know that this is the commitment that you are making for the
2: rest of your life. Yeah it was that was a rough one to swallow and and i think that all stemmed from having to you know go to court and you know realize that i am his guardian i'm his parent for the rest of you know our lives that was hard
1: are are there other and i don't mean this in any other way than what it is but like are there other options like is there a like a living school that he could go to is there you know like a, home. A, like a home for kids like him where he might get more out of it not that not saying that you can't give that to him but that might be something easier for the both of you where he is in an environment that is for people like him
2: oh yeah absolutely there's um i know there's one i think it's Methaney. Um, It's not too far from here. They do have. It's like living assistant, living assisted Mm. living, but it's you know one on one. They have nurses, they have doctors, they have all your therapies. They, but um, so yeah, they do have other options. I could never do that. Yeah, ever. I think I have a hard time sending him to school. (laughs) Right. Yeah. To Becky's earlier
3: point, I mean, there are people on this earth that are, I think, equipped. Not equipped. Well. Yeah, equipped. Yeah, yeah, equipped equipped to deal with these kinds of situations and not everybody's capable of doing that. So yeah. the yeah. fact that you are and you're unwilling to
2: relinquish that responsibility is incredible. Yeah, I think um the well the kids think it's funny, but I'm kind of serious. <laughs> there are four seasons in a year yeah. and there are four children and I have told them all to pick a season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Derek will be with them for that season. <laughs> <laughs> when something happens to me. So, um, I think Devin has... Um...
1: Pick summer?
0: No, no, no. He'll be away all summer. <laughs> what is your season of choice, then? I don't know. I think I would go with uh, maybe spring or fall. Spring or fall. Okay. I would probably choose. Okay. Yeah.
3: Or... Any reason behind either? Well... Weather is not too... You know, it's
0: not. It's not like too polarizing. Serious, you know? either, it's right, not yeah. e- like freezing where you gotta bundle them up. Or it's know? like you put know, put his gloves on, his boots on, <laughs> like today, scarf on, two jackets. <laughs> that's just too much. <laughs> and then, and then summer. I mean,
2: that's me you know. time, right? Yeah, gonna...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but it's. Um, I think them. I don't know. I think. I think them being around him and like Devin had said earlier it's um this is their life they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know, so each one of them gets annoyed, you know, the sibling, you know, oh my god, I have to take care of Derek. No, it's your turn. There's definitely sibling rivalry, but I know that um they will absolutely step up and take care of him when they need to.
0: Yeah,
1: And that has to be mm-hmm. like a sense of, like, some type of relief in in general. Like, God forbid something happened that, like, they needed to take care of him, that you know and trust that they will be there to take care of him.
0: Yeah.
2: It's huge. Yeah. And it's not easy. You know, who wants, you know, they're so young. In high school, if I had to go take one of the kids to a, a sporting event and they had to stay with them, you know that's not. You're asking a lot of a kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I know. I mean, just from my personal experience, um, I guess I should have said this maybe in the beginning. I've I've known you guys most of my life. Uh, well, you've known me at least my entire yes. life, and I've um, known you for three hours. And yeah, it's been a very um, pleasant three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even the the structure that you guys have now, um, it's kind of amazing to see that you guys. As much as that has affected your life, uh, you find a way around it to still enjoy things. Um, I know that we'll always be out or at someone's house at a family gathering, and you always know that there's going to be a monitor somewhere with Derek on it, just (laughs) watching him sleep, and everyone in the house knows to continuously if you're walking by the monitor, just just look at the monitor to make sure that Derek is still laying down in bed. That's your um, party
2: contribution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring the screen. I'll bring the entertainment. Yeah,
1: Um But I, but it's little things like that that I I truly think that people maybe wouldn't do that as they wouldn't want to be looked down upon for still going and enjoying themselves while their child is you know in a room upstairs, not knowing if you know having to be c- taken care of. But I I think it's important that you guys still do those things. And there might be people out there that feel like that they don't deserve that. And they most certainly do. I mean, as those little times that you can get away, that you can enjoy the company of adults, um, I think that's important for people to know and recognize.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's um, definitely something that I am thankful for you know, that I still had, you know, people telling me, come out, let's go, you know, you need to, do. I don't, I think I would be in my room crying every night <laughs> if I didn't Yeah. feel a little bit of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, so like,
3: you know, we sitting around this table are all able-bodied individuals. We can function by ourselves. We can do, you know, daily activities by ourselves without the assistance of others. And I think that it's, it's really important for our viewers, our listeners, whoever's tuning in, to realize that the complaints that we have on a daily basis do not hold a candle to what the possibilities are. Yeah. I think we're way too quick to say, you know, this is wrong, this is bad. If I complain about a headache, I pop a couple Advil, I might be slowly destroying my liver, but that's, you know, I'm going to be okay. Whereas in Derek's case, complaining of a headache meant... a change of his life. And I think people need to be a little bit more cognizant of how they react to adversity and strife and struggle. And that's not to say that there are not people who, you know, deservedly get to be vocal, but I am not one of them. You are. And I think that you, you know, you just, you conduct yourself with such poise and confidence and I don't know if you, you know, are a woman of faith, but like you just seem like you are and it's just it's you know, it's inspiring.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I might have a, a hard question. <laughs> um, Let's hear it. Devin, do you do you think like do, do you as a, you know, 20 how old are you? 23. 22. Oh jeez. Baby, you sure about that? <laughs> um Not positive pearls. Got that one right. Do you find yourself, you know, as Derek's brother, or, you know, I don't know if you could speak for any of your other siblings, um, do you ever feel the, like, that pain that, like, you know, your mom has felt that, you know, going to sleep upset, um, you know, worried about the life that he has to live, the life that your family has to live, um, does it, does it ever affect you? I know you're still young, and Mm -hmm. you had to grow up pretty, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, well, one thing that I always think about is how would things be if Derek was like a normal functioning person, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, me and my younger brother, Kyle, uh, we travel a lot. We, we, uh, we do a lot of things together and, uh, I just wonder like what it would be like if there was, uh, like another one of us mm-hmm. there, like if there was three, three of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, and that's uh, fair, to, fair yeah. to have those thoughts. Um, I think that's real. I think that's definitely, like, mm-hmm. honest. And I'm not even sure if those are, like, conversations that you guys have as families. Like, as a family. Um, yeah,
3: you know, what is taboo? Like, what what do you guys talk about? What what do you refrain from mentioning because it's just maybe well, too I think, painful? Or...
0: I don't think there's really anything. I think um, we talk about it a lot, but as, like, a joke, you know? Okay. Like, um...
3: Like a playful hypothetical, uh, like, yeah. Okay. Like
0: um, I mean, I don't know. We joke about it often, just like casually here and there. Like uh, if if someone says, "Hey, like take take the garbage down," like yeah. I'll be like, "Oh, can't Derek do it for once?" Mm. Like just little things <laughs> okay. like that. Well, no, I mean, obviously he can't. Yeah. But you know, just little stuff like that. Yeah. It helps to make it light of this. Yeah, yeah, it helps. It helps. Some, humor, Some people yeah. would
2: be like, "Oh, no," like yeah. it's for real. That's you know.
1: That's real, mm mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I'm not sure if this podcast is gonna come before or after um Jill's, but that's too. that's a huge thing of hers is you know just having humor yeah. in a in a dark situation and and using that to try to get through it i mean and and I think that we as people that have gone well not that I personally have gone through like life altering changes um but being a part of someone that has, without humor and without being able to joke about that type of thing, what you aren't gonna get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, sane, you you won't. Right. Um, humor seems to be a recurring thing.
2: It is. It is, and it, I mean it helps a lot. But um, you know, there are those times where, like, if we were all to go on a family ski trip. mm mm-hmm. You know, I have to be in, I wouldn't be able to, as much as I would love to ski. I
0: don't know if you could ski. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, ski. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
2: Um, you know, I, there, there are times where I, I do have that guilt, where I wish I could be, you know, outside with the kids. But it's a day that Derek's, Derek's not having it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do, I did miss out on a lot, and I feel guilty for that.
0: She's looking at you. For those of us, which are all all of you, you
2: You know, for all of them, you know, there's so many things where I I wish I could have done with them, but somebody, you know, there was always there was always Derek, and then there's the time. Oh my goodness, I. It's not always so. I took I will never forget. I took Derek to a park. He was just starting. He was probably five because he was like talking gibberish and it was just me and Derek and there was another mom and another little girl and the little girl walked over to Derek and kind of just was like looking at him and he always had a fetish with him.
0: That again.
2: He always had a thing with people's hands. He always wanted to grab your hands and clap them.
0: So oh, he reached out
2: to that. grab these this little girl's hands to just clap her hands together and the mom came flying over, grabbed her child like my son had the plague. Well... The look on his face, I swore I would never, ever see that look on his face again. So I was, from that day forward, I was very protective. Anybody that came over to Derek, I would step in front. Anybody that wanted to, you know, shake his hand or, I was like, no, that's okay. He'll just sit over here with me. Like, I just shut everybody oh, out. Unless man. unless I knew those people and they knew Derek, they weren't, I wasn't allowing it. Oh. Yeah. That was there's a lot of... I think, I think that's just being moments. a good mother.
1: Yeah. I think that, that there's a lesson a learned in, in general for that. Um, you know, speaking to people that might be listening that have young kids, um, maybe, like, educating them mm-hmm. more. Do you, and, I mean, you're shaking your head. Like, how important is that?
2: So important. I mean, it's just um, my kids, you know, raising... Even if I didn't have Derek, they always... Somebody drops something. They help them pick it up. You hold the door. You te- it's just like human nature. Mm-hmm. There's it matters. Just not Basic matters. Enough mm-hmm. of that. There's not. And then just to throw, you know, those, that into the mix was, that did, I that day will never, that set a whole future for me with Derek, because that look on his face, I never ever wanted to see that again.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, just to, I know I know we've probably are close to our time, so as much as I'd love to keep the conversation going, because you know this is a great and definitely educational um talk that we're having. But just to wrap up, I'd love maybe just from each of you, Devin and Melissa, uh, to get your advice as a you know, as a mother and then Devin as a as a sibling and brother um in this situation.
2: I have to say Don't give up. Don't give up days on anyone. You know, when you have a child with special needs, it is going to be very hard. You're going to have days where you just want to throw in the towel and just say, you know, it is what it is. But it's not. You know, you are their voice. You are their um, future. And everything that you do for them is going to ensure that their future is just that much brighter.
0: Devin? Uh, so I guess what I would say would be, um, we kind of have, like, a, a little saying that family over everything, and, uh, I think no matter what, you have to be there for your family, um, and help them through whatever they might be going through. Uh, because sometimes, um they're going to uh, need you to be there for them. Yeah, so um, again,
1: just thank you guys so much for welcoming us into your house. Um, we had an amazing time and definitely quite the experience with your guys' family. You guys are above and beyond. Um, it really was
3: a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really was. Uh,
1: this could have been more than, you know, and I feel like we say that after everyone we meet, but it's just so incredible being able to sit down and talk with people um, on stories that we don't really think about on a daily basis and mm-hmm. other people's situations, so... Um.
0: And, uh, yeah, I mean, being, like, on the the crew, it's, yeah. it's kind of weird being on the other side of things.
3: Yeah, this was close to strange. home for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. we're in your basement. Or, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, this was all filmed here at our house, and it was, it was kind of cool to see um, things from the other perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, if you guys have any questions, um, you know, that
1: you've had, um, if you have any questions that you've asked yourself throughout this podcast, uh, please make sure to check us out either on our YouTube channel, our website. Um, you know, we're here to answer questions. We're here to help. We're, we're really here to make sure that everyone feels that they have a safe space to go to. And, you know, you're not alone regardless if the story doesn't Directly line up with yours if there's an emotion or feeling or something that's going on with you. Um, you know, we're here. We're trying to get everyone to speak up and start dialogue on all important topics. Yeah, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. We do have a Twitter handle as well. Um, they both are for the haters, as well as our website, which is forthehaters.com. Um, our YouTube channel is for the haters.
0: H-A-Y-T-E-R.
1: Thank you. I'm just used to it because yeah. it's my last name. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys for joining this week, and uh, we're looking forward to another great episode next week. Thanks. And thank you, Melissa. Thank Thanks. you for having me. Yeah, thank you. In my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for having us. For the haters, for the haters, come on to it now or later. Whoa. Don't matter what your name is, share your story, we'll be waiting, you yeah.